For the third season in a row, WVU football opened up on the road against a regional rival. And for the third season in a row, Neil Brown's team is 0-1. While the previous games at Maryland and Pitt were decided by one score apiece, Saturday's contest against Penn State got away from the Mountaineers. And we're here to break that one down for you here on this post-game edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Nick Farrell and Kevin Redfern here with you to share our reaction to what we witnessed as Penn State and West Virginia renewed their rivalry in the 2023 season opener. James Franklin's Nittany Lions get a garbage time touchdown to cover against Neil Brown's old golden blue final score, Penn State 38, West Virginia 15. And Kevin, just a general thought from you on how this game was played. You know, I think that one of the themes for me was could West Virginia be respectful in the outcome of Saturday's game. Um, the Mountaineers hung with the team, hung with the Nittany Lions. Maybe going into the locker room at halftime, you think, okay, they got a shot. And then, not so much. Yeah, respectful is a great word to put it. I think that the performance overall was respectful, especially if you look at going into halftime only down by a touchdown, one possession. And Neil Brown had said earlier this week, if they can hang in, if they can hang in, if they can hang in, stay within a score, all of a sudden it's the fourth quarter and you're within striking distance. That wasn't quite the case today. A lot of areas to nitpick, a lot of areas to praise, but overall probably a strong enough foundation to build on. I think it's fair to call this game a foundation, Kevin. I think that's a good way of putting it. You know, what I said going into this game to folks who asked me what I thought about this contest, I said I wanted to see West Virginia be respectable in this game. And to me, that was keeping it a three-score game at maximum, right? And it ends up being, what, a 23-point margin, which technically is three scores, right? 24, right. 8, 8, and 8 is three scores. So uh, I guess that was respectable for West Virginia, uh, but there certainly are some glaring issues that, that are apparent after watching one game in the 2023 season. Is it too early to sound the alarm? Probably, but there are things that need to be fixed, and Neil Brown addressed that. We'll let you hear from him here in just a little bit. But first, let's walk through this one. It was 14-7 at halftime. West Virginia's lone first-half touchdown coming on a C.J. Donaldson scamper after a deep pass to Devin Carter that got the Mountaineers within striking distance. Uh, but in the third quarter, Kevin, it really felt as though the turning point occurred shortly after the teams re-entered the field of play. Penn State... After going three and out on its opening possession, West Virginia goes and punts the ball right back. Then the Nittany Lions go on a seven-play, 56-yard drive, capped by a 12-yard touchdown connection between Drew Aller and Keandre Lambert-Smith, who had a pair of touchdowns on the night. Uh, to me, that was the first green mortgage turning point. First green mortgage, your home is the heart of what we do. It was at that point that Penn State really marched away with the game. After punting on the opening drive of the second half, Nittany Lions go TD, field goal, TD, and they very quickly turn a seven-point game into a 24-point game. Absolutely, and there had been so many points for Penn State earlier in that game where they could have taken that lead and they could have had that turning point earlier in the game, and they just didn't. They had a missed field goal here, a missed field goal there, a three and out to start the second half. It was a, only a matter of time before they really were going to right the ship and string together a couple of nice drives, led behind a fantastic performance from Jewel and his 
starting debut. So to see that happen in the third quarter is probably better than to see it happen in the first quarter. So when you talk about overall takeaways on the positive side for WVU, that's something you look at. But nonetheless, they were able to run away with it pretty easily at the end. There. So no doubt that that stretch in the third quarter is the turning point in the game. Brought to you by First Green Mortgage. Your home is the heart of what we do. So let's go phase by phase, Kevin, to break down West Virginia's performance in the opener against the number 7 Nittany Lions. Again, this might be the best team West Virginia plays. And going up against that squad in Week 1 is a mammoth challenge for Neil Brown and company. Uh, Here's what we saw from the offense. Ran the ball just about as expected. C.J. Donaldson, 18 carries, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Garrett Green, 15 carries, 71 yards, and a rushing touchdown late in the game. Uh, But for the first three quarters, let's put it this way, Kevin. I think this is a fair way to describe it. The passing game left something to be desired. If you look at the box score, maybe some of the numbers are there. Garrett Green, 16 of 27 for a buck 62. Devin Carter, five catches for 90 yards. He, of course, is the big-time transfer that was going to help replenish a receiving core that lost its top four producers from a season ago. But then after Devin Carter, there's a substantial drop-off. I think if if you look back at the final box score, the only other true wide receiver, player that's listed as a wide receiver on the roster with multiple receptions other than Devin Carter, was the true freshman Traylon Ray. And he had single-digit receiving yards total. Uh, So maybe one-dimensional tonight is a good way to describe West Virginia's offense. Again, it just seemed that the passing game left something to be desired. Oh, 100%. One-dimensional is probably the best way to describe it. When you look at it, though, I mean, when you're trying to pull off an upset like this in that type of environment like Beaver Stadium, you want to control the time of possession, control the ball offensively. In order to do that, your game plan has to be in – You have, or in executing that game plan has to be in tip-top shape. And that comes with executing the freebies, hitting the layups early on, getting into that stride offensively to kind of form your identity. And that is something WVU did not do tonight. A couple of early game first quarter misses on third down, uh, a couple inaccurate throws from Garrett Green, one to Traylon Ray, one to Cortez Braham. And then later on in the half, missing the shot to Devin Carter down the sideline, which could have been one of those explosive plays that Neil Brown says he wants. Those were a couple of opportunities that were missed in the passing game. And then once those weren't established, it was hard to find their footing. Key passing situations coming on third downs. West Virginia just four for 14 on third down conversions. Went three for six on fourth downs, but... I think we counted that all three of those fourth down conversions were the Traylon Davis tight end push of Garrett Green to pick up a yard or two in those situations. So not necessarily passing situations. And then there were a few times where the Mountaineers tried to get cute uh, and all of those opportunities failed and blew up in their faces on offense. So if it was the passing game that left something to be desired for West Virginia offensively, it was the inability to stop the pass mm-hmm. that, to me, is the most glaring thing when you look at the defense and maybe for this team as a whole, right? Defensive line, solid enough. Penn State rushed for 100-plus total yards, but it was Penn State also has two really good running backs. And while they hurt West Virginia, it wasn't like either of those guys popped off too many big runs, right? Mm-hmm. The guy who really hurt West Virginia was the quarterback, Drew Aller, making his first career start for the Nittany Lions. Throws for 300-plus, 
And it just seemed like every time they went down the field, bang, 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 finding open man after open man and picking apart West Virginia's secondary. Is that the biggest takeaway for you, Kevin, that West Virginia's secondary needs to clean things up quick? Oh, yeah. It, it, it almost expected from this group kind of a half-patch job through the portal, kind of half-expecting to see some guys who haven't played as much in the past develop and take that leap. But right now, they're still showing needs of improvement. But I, I have to ask you, you're playing the what-if game in football like you do all the time. What if this goes this way? What if this goes that way? What if Aubrey Burks gets just a one-step jump better on that fourth play from scrimmage when Penn State goes up 7 nothing? He turns that into an interception. Are we talking about a totally different game? Does that set the tone differently for the WVU defense and thus mm-hmm. Aller as a young starting quarterback? Maybe, but uh, I, I don't think so in the grand scheme of things. There were a, a lot of broken coverages. Uh, Neil Brown said that they the WVU secondary struggled a little bit more in man, um, so those will need to be patched up quickly. And Mountaineers were without Marcus Floyd tonight in the secondary, so that is one key personnel note for WVU. In front of the secondary, thought it was a solid performance. The most solid guy on defense was Lee Koba, who played at will linebacker against the Nittany Lions. 13 tackles, that's a game high. Seemed like he was all over the field. That's exactly what you expect. Aubrey Burks was very active in the secondary as well. Just didn't come up with as many plays as Koba did in the linebacker slot. So um, you'll hear from Coach Brown here in just a moment. He shares the sentiment, and he knows that West Virginia's defensive backs uh, need to improve rapidly in order to get to where they need to be once Big 12 play starts, right? Because it's not like Penn State is the only good passing team West Virginia is going to play. There are going to be many good passing offenses that are still on the docket here for WVU. And if they can't stop the pass, they're going to be in bad shape this season. Mm -hmm. So let's take one look at special teams before we dive into Coach Brown's postgame thoughts. Thought Oliver Straw was solid helping West Virginia win the field position battle early in the first half. We weren't sure how this game was going to shake out. Because sometimes Big 12 football can be a little bit different than Big 10 football. And in the first half, the game kind of resembled more of a Big 10 field position battle type of game. And Oliver Straw helped West Virginia in those situations. And then, of course, Penn State missing two field goals early. That was the story of the first half to me. The fact that it could have been a two-score game going into the locker room, but West Virginia had a little bit of hope because Penn State failed to execute on a couple of field goals. So it is just a uh, maybe a minor footnote. Special teams didn't necessarily make or break the game, but West Virginia coach Brown puts a huge emphasis on special teams, and it seemed like West Virginia was the better team in that phase. Yeah, and I, I think we can also note two very close to a block punt mm. on the punt return team, so getting some penetration there uh, in that phase is great. And then anytime you can pin anyone inside the 10 in the punt game is phenomenal. So two inside the 20 for straw, one inside the 10, that's an A performance. One note on special teams, though, if you're looking for one area where West Virginia could be better, we outlined the passing game on offense, pass defense on the other side of the ball. In the third phase, to me, it's still the return game, right? And I know it's a very small sample size, but Coach Brown has said that he thinks the team is going to be better in the return game. They weren't very dynamic last year. Could they be better this season? It would be a great tool to have in the toolbox if you are better in the return game, but still have yet to see that from the Mountaineers. Still very early to make a judgment on that phase. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll listen into head coach Neil Brown's postgame thoughts from Beaver Stadium. 
searching for a mortgage lender that's 100% local, personal, and focused on home loans? First Green Mortgage has been serving West Virginia for more than 35 years, and they can assist you with every step of your home ownership journey. Visit them in Bridgeport or Morgantown or at fgm.bank. The Golden Blue Nation podcast continues. Now let's listen in to head coach Neil Brown's postgame press conference following a 38-15 loss to number 7 Penn State in the 2023 season opener. Tough opener. Uh, they're really good. Um, very talented. I think defensively they're probably as good as, as we'll see all year. A lot of NFL players. Um, tip your hat to the quarterback. First start. Thought he handled himself well. Um, I'm zero discouraged with our guys. They've got a team that's that's capable of making the playoff, and we got a really good football team. I think time will tell. Um, I thought our guys handled the elements. They competed. Um, clean football. I mean, we had five penalties. Um, one of them really hurt us. It was a procedure penalty on an explosive run. That really hurt us. Um, but clean football, zero turnovers. Um, I thought we managed the game well. Uh, I'm talking about the quarterback. Um, Y'all know the history of us playing here. It's not been kind. And so um, there's been a lot of really good West Virginia teams bounce back from a loss here, and, and I think we'll be, a, we'll be one of those. And uh, I have no doubt that we will. Uh, I'll say that now. We'll, we'll bounce back, and uh, we're onward and upward. Uh, had some opportunities. You know, we came in, we we're going to be aggressive. You know, I really wasn't worried. We we're going to win. If we got beat, we got, you know, if it was a little wider, then, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to win any beauty contest. We we're going to go for it on third and fourth down. We had some plays. We didn't convert. You know, if we convert and we extend those, we extend those drives, um, you know, the, I think the time of possession was 31 28. We knew to win, we were going to have to control the ball. You convert those, you're probably looking at another two or three minutes off the clock. Uh, but we didn't. But we didn't. And so uh, for us to win this, they were going to have to turn over. They were going to have to get some penalties. Um, now, even, either they blocked the cleanest of anybody in the history of college football or, or there's some missed calls because they had one penalty in the game. I think it was a false start. Zero, zero holding penalties. And so, um, but tip my hat to them. They're a really good football team. I think they, they proved themselves. They're ready. They're, they were, you know, I think they deserve their seventh ranking in the country. I think they'll continue to, to move up. With that, I'll take questions. Good. So, you know, it looked defensive start with what you did there. It looks like you really want to try to slow down the run and see if Allen could beat you. Is that fair? Yeah, no, that's true. No, that's absolutely. Uh, we were going to come in. Uh, he's making his first start. Um, you know, really, uh, you know, there's a, there was a lot of pressure on him. And, that's, and, I, and I mean that. For that kid to come out and throw for 300-plus yards in, in his first career start uh, in front of a group that, that was really expecting a lot. You know, they had their, what, fourth largest crowd in the, in the history of the stadium. And there was a lot of eyeballs on him. And like I said, hats off to him. We came out and we were, he was going to have to, he was going to have to play well for them to win. And he did. And he did. Overall, how do you think your offense fared in the past game? I, uh, what were we, 16 to 27? You know, I, I thought we protected him okay. You know, Wyatt Milam got hurt. We, he missed probably, um, over half the first quarter, our first half. Um, and I think that, that we protected pretty well. You know, we didn't execute in those third and fourth down situations in, in passing. Um, but I thought our production was good. Garrett made some plays. You know, I think we dropped one ball there on a dig late in the game. But I thought our guys got open. They're really good at corner. I mean, they got two guys. One of them's going to be a first-round pick. And the other one's pretty good. And I thought our guys got open. Um, we've got to be able to hit on a couple of those. 
you know, you're gonna when you watch the game, the one of the fourth downs and, and one of the third downs when when the game was kind of in limbo. There, we had them open, and and we just didn't we didn't get the ball to them. You know, back to defense. Do you think you defended the run fairly well? I mean, you know, I, bad. yeah, they're not. They're they're not bad. You know, we. Uh, here's what here's what I say. I, I I felt good about our matchup. You know, the left tackle here is special, uh, but I felt good. I thought I think our D line is better than what people give it credit for. You know, um, and I thought that they really battled, and I thought we'd be able to hang in there. Uh, we were tack, we tack, we were physical in the game, and we tackled. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how many explosive runs they had, but it wasn't many. You know, they had to work. You know, and those guys are going to be sore, thirteen and ten. They're going to be sore tomorrow. Um, so I thought we played the the run pretty fair. Uh, we didn't play the pass well. Um, they ran a lot of rub routes, legal. Not, not. I don't have a problem with they. Were, they were legal. Um, they got us in some man. We played some man. They got us in some rub routes in the red zone. Um, and in a couple crossing routes, you know, those are the things we got to get cleaned up. Is when the ball moved away, and he extended plays. So credit to him, he extended some plays. We got some pressure on him, um, but the but the but the routes across the field, um, the crossing routes, we did not do a very good job covering today. And, and we're going to see those a bunch. So we we better get better. How would you evaluate the secondary in particular? I'm talking about it being for this year, a lot of separation. Yeah. Well, the first one was disappointing. You know, we had him covered and, and we and we fell down. Um, but we didn't play well enough there. You know, I, I think that's fair, Mike. Anytime you give up that many yards, uh, and there were some guys that were free. You know, you watch the game. There were some guys that were free. We're going to have to cover better. You know, if you look at who we play, uh, there's some really good passing teams. And if we if we give up that many yards passing, it's going to be tough sledding. And so we got we better get better in a hurry. Um, we had a couple guys that got injured early in the game that were out. Um, Marcus Floyd was out coming in, so we're a little bit thin there, but nobody really cares, so we got to get the guys ready and go play. You know, along those lines, offensively, did it look like what you thought it would look like, or did it do that thing? Yeah. Did you get out there with the one? You know, the stats aren't terrible, but they're, you got to score more than, than 15 to win. You know, I, I, I know that. Um, we had this was this was like I said this was a tough ask, you know. I felt like we could win the game in the twenties, and I felt like we had to get in the twenties to win. Obviously, we didn't. Um, I thought we did some good things, um, and, but we've got to continue to get better. You know, by week three, we better be significantly better. Um, I thought they did. I thought Manny did a nice job of of mixing up some of his read stuff when he pressured, when he didn't pressure, um, and then. Like I said, the third downs and the fourth downs, you know, if if we can convert those, then I think the game looks a lot different. I'm not sitting. I'm not saying we win the game, but I think the game looks a lot different if we're able to make some of those conversions because they're not. They weren't long. You know, they're fourth and four, third and six, fourth and five. They're doable conversions, and, and we didn't make them tonight. Those are some of head coach Neil Brown's thoughts following the loss to Penn State. If you want to hear his full press conference, you can head to GoldenBlueNation.com or check it out on the free Golden Blue Nation app. You can also hear from starting quarterback Garrett Green and leading tackler Lee Koba.
Right now, though, Golden Blue Nation podcast about to wrap up. Nick Farrell and Kevin Redfern here to give you our final thoughts. One last note that I think uh, also jumps off the page is the attendance, because that, to me, summarizes why these games still need to be played, right? Fourth highest attendance in Beaver Stadium history for West Virginia versus Penn State, 110,747 fans missing out on the record by fewer than 200 tickets sold. So tremendous atmosphere, huge crowd, top five crowd in Penn State history. Last year, when West Virginia played at Pitt in the backyard brawl, the first brawl in more than a decade, Pitt also set a new single-game attendance record in the history of Pittsburgh sports, right? So to me, this says two things, Kevin. West Virginia is a big brand, right? It may not be as big of a brand as Penn State when it comes to football, but is still a brand that draws attention and eyeballs and drums up fan excitement on both sides. But also, man, I get it. I hear Neil Brown and Ren Baker. They're sick of losing these games. They're sick of going 0-3 in season openers against rivals. They want to be able to schedule a group of five team and an FCS team plus one power five conference game. So that means you're playing one of those rivalry games, and it probably is pit looking 10 10 years down the road, right? But these games sell tickets, and they sell tickets better than West Virginia's conference games because there are still, to this point, and Cincinnati remains to be seen, there are still no rivalries for West Virginia in the Big 12. You know my stance. Our longtime Golden Blue Nation viewers know that I firmly believe that West Virginia, Texas is not and never was a rivalry. Fans may have been excited for it, but West Virginia does not have a rival in the Big 12. To me, these attendance numbers and the ticket revenue, if you want to talk about money, right, or motivation to continue playing these games if you need motivation. Yeah, if you want to sell some tickets, you want to sell some beers, you schedule West Virginia on your... You want to sell uh, some beers. I uh, see what you like, did there. <laughs> that, it's, it's pretty simple. And, and I can't help but mention that as the conference continues to expand nationally, the more regional you can get, the more robust the fan experience is. It's just, it's simple stuff, but uh, these games are going to continue to hold more weight as the team in the school travels more and more over the next five, 10 years. Absolutely. We already know that the backyard brawl coming up September 16th will be a sellout. It's going to be an electric atmosphere at Milan Pushkar Stadium in two weeks. But between now and then, the Mountaineers will take on their FCS opponent, Duquesne, on September 9th. That's the home opener coming up in one week as the Mountaineers make their return to Milan Pushkar Stadium. All right, that's a wrap on this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. If you enjoyed this postgame show, make sure you subscribe and leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform. If you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode and can continue to tune in to these postgame podcasts, which will drop after every West Virginia football game this season. And while you're at it, make sure to download the free Golden Blue Nation app. You can have breaking news updates delivered right to your phone. Download it for free on your Apple or Android smart device. All right, here's Kevin Redfern. I'm Nick Farrell, and that's a wrap on this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. West Virginia 0-1 after a loss to Penn State back in action on September 9th against the Duquesne Dukes for the home opener.